Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft. We have both encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 22, where we're going to wrap up 2018. Stephen, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, man. It's uh, raining again here on a Saturday, but uh, if everyone's crazy predictions follow through, it is going to be uh, rain transitioning into snow. I really don't think that's going to happen, but if it does basically I'll expect like the entire state of South Carolina just to lose their minds and shut down. Milk and bread disappears. You know, it's like, Oh, oh God, we got to have our milk and bread. We're going to have our milk and bread. I still have never understood the milk and bread. And that's not, I grew up in the South, South and I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't, I've never understood that of the two things that you wouldn't really have to worry about in a blizzard. Uh, if it's blizzarding and it's that cold, you can stick the milk outside. I've done that plenty of times. And bread, uh, you don't have to keep it refrigerated. It's bread. You can leave it sitting there. It's going to be perfectly fine. Yeah, but of all things, I never... The two things that come to mind when a storm hits were never milk and bread. Yeah. I would much rather have, like, like batteries and gas. Yeah, or water, too. Because most people rely on, you know either tap water or their refrigerator water yeah and if something happens or you know you can't use either of those you're just gonna drink milk all day like <laughs> i guess uh, i don't know I don't, I don't understand that one i guess maybe it, it was a time whenever like everybody had wells so if the power goes out well water doesn't work so maybe there's that i don't know i hate well water though it, it tastes awful spring water is delicious but actual like a in the ground installed well uh, tastes awful. Yeah. But I love spring water because it's, I guess it's just fresh and doesn't go through all that nasty piping that's been in the ground for 60 years. So, what are you watching this week? What am I watching this week? Uh, what am I watching? Honestly, I'm just kind of getting caught back up on everything. I think after Thanksgiving and, and, uh, like a couple of weeks, a lot of the standard sitcom shows pretty much just, weren't like having any new episodes so i think everything's come back around this week and last week so there's that but how are you and then what are you watching i'm good i'm good we just got well i talked to you about this last time i think that we just got hulu Hulu. yep so i am currently watching agent carter Mm, okay which is pretty good i couldn't get into it i don't know I i just didn't like it it was weird well, it was. It's kind of cool because, well, for one, it's like in the forties or set mm-hmm. in the forties, and it's the first TV show that I've seen where, you know, the the superhero or how do you want to refer to it as the main character that's like the badass, mm-hmm. the is protagonist. a woman instead of you know it constantly yes. being Jason Statham. Uh, so, so, so you have a heroine instead of a hero for the yeah. protagonist, so, which I think yeah. is a good thing, and I think it's one of those things that my wife would actually watch because she wouldn't watch the equivalent that would be, you know, the normal Marvel thing that has this the guy being the protagonist or whatever. Just be normal because every single one, she's like, "Yeah, this is boring. Hmm. This is boring." But I think this one she'd actually watch. Plus, you know, it's good to watch something different 
than the normal Marvel stuff, if that makes sense. Like, it's Marvel, but it's not normal for Marvel. I don't know if that makes any sense. Mm, a little bit. I, I know what you mean, because I've seen the show. I just, I don't know. For some reason, I couldn't get into it. I thought it was good so far. Because the other show that I watched on there... What was the other show? Marvel's Runaways? Yes. Which apparently has a new season coming out soon. Gotcha. But they're kind of cool because they're not really quote-unquote superhero movies, even though they're Marvel, or superhero TV shows, even though they're Marvel. They're more like... They're more like a, they're more like a standard sort of sitcom show, a regular TV show, but it involves a plot line that has superheroes and, and villains. Yeah. Well, in Agent Carter, there's not really a quote-unquote superhero that's true. It more focuses on her, and she has no power. She's just yeah. really good at you know being a secret agent. Exactly. But anyway, that is what I've been watching. And taking care of kids, and you know, getting their homework done. Oh yeah, that's your that's your normal go to. Yes. yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I don't miss. I do not miss homework at all. That being said, I've done plenty of work at home. There's a difference between work you want to do at home versus... Honestly, I don't even want to do my work that I do for my job at home. No, I mean, there's... <laughs> I would consider stuff I do for my hobby at times being homework. Because, like, editing the podcast is kind of like homework. It's stuff that has to get done. And it's very tedious. Yeah. And it's not something... I don't think either one of us could get into a grind of just doing it. Maybe if we were like actual video editors, like we could just get into it and just grind it out and it would be no problem. Like it's Maybe. something we actually enjoy. Like I really enjoy hand planing things and anyone else that would have to do it probably hates it. Because it, it to me it's it's tedious, but it's a fun tedious. Exactly. Yeah, because I'm weird. You are. But that's not really news to anybody. <laughs> it's just straight up the truth just straight up truth <laughs> alright so what are we getting into for episode 22 my thought was to wrap up 2018 even though even though we're not officially over with 2018 yet as things wind down and we get cr closer to Christmas I know either we're going to be super wrapped up in the shop or we're going to be super wrapped up with other with other you know family things and holiday stuff. So we might as well kind of basically call this our our end of year podcast. Uh, we will still have other podcasts before the year is over, but this is the one where we go back and kind of focus on major things that happened this year. What uh, what are our you know what our big goals were? What our little goals were? Did we hit those goals? Just Kind of overall, what happened this year with uh, with you and I and our making? Yeah, sounds good to me. You want to go first? Do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, this year was a good year. Um, I did not have as many sales as I would like for the year, um, but I don't think really most of us ever do have as many sales as we would like for the year. Um, but I had some really good sales. I started off the year uh, well. Um, doing a bunch of charcuterie boards and serving platters for a local restaurant. So that, that really helped kickstart my year for making. Um, I got a brand because of it. I, uh, I did a lot more investment in the shop, uh, branched out and got walrus oil for the first time. Uh, and now I won't go back to anything else but walrus oil if I'm going to use an oil-based, you know, food-safe product. Um, so there, there, you know, that was that was a good way to start the year. I uh, transitioned into using a standard workbench, uh, or I should say, a traditional woodworker's workbench. Got that built this year. Um, invested in some more tools to to help with that, and just overall, uh, you know, most of the year was was pretty good. Um, just would like to have seen more sales. I uh, I finally got into doing some furniture restoration. 
I had done a little bit before just kind of piecemeal stuff that I wasn't actually paid for or necessarily asked to do. It was just things I needed to do for other purposes. Um, so that kind of put me down the path of I would like to do more furniture restoration. I invested in books on restoring furniture. I've invested on uh, historical literature about furniture. Looked at doing different techniques for, for uh, furniture care, cleaning, um, finishes. I've changed my idea on finishes quite a bit. Um, so I'm trying to go, I guess, more in a traditional route now. So that's been, I mean, that's been pretty good. And I'm ending the year, uh, ending the year well. Um, I've got more charcuterie boards. I sold, basically I sold four of them before I even had four done because people really liked them. I got my first out-of-state sale uh, that wasn't to friends or family. So that was nice. I had to deal with, uh, with shipping for a very awkward item earlier this week, which was awful. Now I know how you feel. <laughs> Before in the past when I've shipped, I've either shipped really tiny things or really huge things that involved freight. And, you know, that was for my job. So, you know, involving shipping, you know, freight things, you know, $100 is a drop in the bucket to ship freight. You, I mean, you can't even get a truck there for $100. So having $100 to or more to pay to FedEx to ship an item that weighs less than three pounds to Arkansas uh, was kind of... That was that was fun. That was fun. But you said it was less than three pounds. Yeah, I think so. You could have done it way cheaper, I think. Well, I uh, I like FedEx. FedEx gives me that guarantee that it will be there within two days, and I needed it there within two days. And that's what that's where it really cost me. If I could have waited to get it delivered the next day, it would only have been forty seven bucks. Yeah, that's where it kills you. Yeah. Is the is the two day shipping as opposed to a three day ground? I thought I could get it to Arkansas in two days ground. I mean that seems pretty legit, uh, but apparently FedEx did not want to do that. <laughs> what was crazy was to watch the shipping though. Is that it left Greenville, went to Memphis, which anything you do FedEx that's not ground automatically goes to Memphis. It doesn't matter if it's going to go across town; it will automatically go to Memphis and then back. Because every yeah, that makes no sense. It does not. It does not. That's like when you fly to Colorado from South Carolina to fly to Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh, I used to to because there was no direct flight from uh, from Greenville, South Carolina, to Cincinnati. Uh, I would fly over Cincinnati to Detroit to then fly back to Cincinnati. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun. Uh, but I liked flying to Detroit. I don't know. I like the airport. It's nice. It's actually surprisingly clean. So, yeah. But that's been gen like the general sort of stuff in my year, and we'll we'll hit that in greater detail. Uh, Trevor, let's hear about your year because I know your year has been crazy. We had a lot of you had a lot of like major growth this year. Well, it started off where I wasn't sure I was going to have any success this year because we moved. And when we moved, we, so we moved everything from South Carolina to Nevada. And in that process, I didn't actually have access to pretty much any of my stuff until, I think it was May, maybe. So you're talking, I'm five months into the year and I'm already not doing anything. So I didn't actually think this year would go very well from a maker perspective. And I got, I think, one or two orders for signs near the beginning. And this was the year where I decided to kind of target more influential people, for lack of a better term. And I made signs for people with a lot of followers that I actually enjoy their content or people that I thought would, you know, be good to give things to and sent them out, made some signs. A lot of them promoted them pretty well. And there were two or three that promoted them extremely well and I got quite a few orders from them. 
So this year I actually had more sales than I've ever had, which isn't saying much because I hadn't had many sales before that, but the sign sales really took off, I'd say in the last two or three months. And there were some that were pretty big and some that were, you know, the normal size that I do. But it was good because now I'm starting to grow on Instagram to a point anyway. So my goal was to hit 5,000 followers by the end of the year. And I'm at, I think, four, five, five, nine or something. So I'm not too far away. It's a little over 4,500. And goals for me are always on the edge of attainable, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want them to be super mm-hmm. easy to get to, because then what's the point of setting them as a goal? Meaning if I said, oh, today I'm at 4,000 followers, tomorrow I want to be at 4,001. Like, that's not a goal. But if you if you push the goal so it's just on the edge of what you think is actually possible, that's kind of where I set mine. And it just makes sense for me. So some of them I'll achieve, some of them I won't. It's just, I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's the nature of the business. You just know now, okay, where is where is my focus at? All right, these goals I set, and they seem to hit really easy. These goals I set, and I didn't get anywhere close. So I need to figure out, okay, what are my goals for next year going to be to take the easy ones and make them harder and take the ones that were a little too hard and kind of bring them back. Yeah, and... Even then, you know, having a goal and not achieving it is not a huge deal. And even if I do achieve a goal that I set, I typically set a new goal to replace it. So I don't just, I mean, if you had five goals and then you achieved four and you don't set any new goals, then to me, what's the point? Because you're not going to try to keep pushing yourself. Because you're only going to have one goal left. And every time that I achieve one, I go ahead and set a different one. And if it was easy to achieve the last one that I'm replacing, I'll make it slightly more difficult, like you were talking about. And if it was really hard and I still haven't achieved it, maybe I set a intermediate goal in between. So that... You know, it's it's taken it step by step. I mean, if you went today and you said, oh, my goal for 2019 is to hit 20,000 followers and you're at two. Maybe you should set an intermediate goal of, you know, five or ten or whatever. How about you get to how about you get to a thousand followers and then you can look a little bit harder at 20,000? Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I think I was still at. Just over a thousand, maybe. Yeah, you have. Uh, you've made like crazy, crazy strides this year. And the thing is, is, you're not doing, you're not doing crazy, you know, content promotion where it's like a hey, look at me, hey, look at me, hey, look at me. Where some of these Instagram accounts, they just take, you know, great pictures that are real flashy, but the substance isn't there. They know how to promote, but they the follow up is horrible. And I know we've talked about this in the past with Martina, some female makers that make great content, quote unquote, but you can tell the follow through isn't there. They just know how to make the picture look good. And that's, I mean, making your pictures look good is always a difficult thing. It's always thing. an important goal, but you want to be able to make sure that the content you're putting out is appropriate. Yeah. Taking pictures of tools all the time just means that, hey, I own a tool and you don't doesn't necessarily mean that i know how to use that tool and i know how to make that tool work for me yeah i mean i rarely and there's a lot there's a lot of hey look at this tool account if i wanted to look at a tool i can just follow the company that makes the tool i don't need to see someone else yeah they'll share that tool if it's the company they'll share that tool all the time oh yeah but you know it just depends on i think a lot of it depends on Instagram and what it wants to see too, and I don't think anybody ever knows what that is, because you can go from no getting idea. a thousand views on your videos to getting 
a hundred and you have no idea what happened, which is what's been happening to me lately. And I have no clue what's going on. So I went from getting, you know, assembly videos of signs were getting 1500 plus views as of a month ago. And now they're getting 300 and I have no idea what happened. Yeah. Like I can probably go back to, to this time last year and I have, you know, maybe a hundred likes on a, on a photo, nothing crazy, but you know, still enough, enough to, to make things look good. Let's see. Here we go. I got, uh, some, some, here we go. Christmas stuff last year, December 15th. I had 91 on one photo and then the next day I had 103 Let's see, 109, 110, yeah, I uh, got 100 on it. So I'd consistently ride around 100. And the thing is, is those, you know, those, to me, those things were, they were pretty, but they weren't like the nicest stuff I put out. And then, let's say, go back about a week and a half ago, I have 70. Yeah. I have 70 on a picture that I didn't take. Someone actually took a professional photo with my mm -hmm. stuff in it, and I reposted that photo, and it doesn't have that many people. Yeah. I've been there before. So it's 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 weird how the algorithm works. It's weird what the algorithm wants to see, and I don't know that there's that many people that that truly know how the algorithm works. There's some people that say that they do, and then you try to follow what they say, and it does not work at all. Yeah, so get this. My... Armor Tool Sign had over 5,000 views. I did one for a lawn care company, over 7,000 views. I did one for the Braille skateboarding channel on YouTube, mm -hmm. 700. Which is crazy because the landscape, the landscape people and the Armor Tool people probably don't have... There's not that many followers as as opposed to no. Braille skateboarding. Braille skateboarding has like well over two or three million YouTube subs and what like five hundred thousand followers or something on on Instagram. Exactly. But yet their video only got seven hundred likes or views, not even likes. Seven hundred views, and a lawn care company got seven thousand views. It makes no sense to me. So something has changed in Instagram that I have no idea what it is, but it is kind of screwing me at the moment. Yeah. I don't know. So that's a, that would, I would say that is uh that is a 2018, 2018 goal that, that both of us wanted to, to hit was to get more likes, more views, you know, a lot more stuff on Instagram and it has not worked this year. Instagram has gone down for us. So maybe 2019, would be see if we can figure out the pattern and, and bring things back to that, you know, to what we were getting in 2017. And I've gotten more followers. In 2017, I had I think I had less than 1,000. Yeah. In 2018, I've got over 1,000. We don't have that many. I've got maybe close to 1,500. I still don't have a lot. But, you know, I've gone down a lot in likes, so I don't know what's happening. I mean, I'm pretty happy with how IG has gone this year up until, like, the last two weeks. Because <laughs> the rest of the year, I had done better at putting out content more regularly. I've been getting more followers, been interacting with more people. And the only issue has been lately where it seems like everybody's content just sunk. And it's not just us. It's a lot of people we know, their pages just bombed. And I have no idea what it is. It's almost like they're promoting the people that are, you know, 300,000 followers and all they do is talk about what tools you should buy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's maybe this time of year, if maybe that Instagram's like, you know, we're going to take, we're going to take the full month of December off and do nothing. So that means the algorithm's not watched and it just goes to, goes to the crapper. Um, Anyway, I don't know, but anyway, so let's hit, say, probably your biggest project for the year, your smallest project for the year, your biggest success, and your biggest fail. Let's hit those four, 
And you never know, those might be the same thing. But let's hit those four and go from there. Okay. You want me to start or you just start? Well, I, I came up with the idea, so you okay. you got to start, okay. Chief. I'm, throw, I'm throwing it out there to so you. So my Come on. biggest We're project, right I'm going to assume that's size. It's biggest project in either like monetary, like you have either so much time wrapped up into it or you have so much money wrapped up into it because it's, 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 you know, it's a little different okay, for so each of us. I would say that there's a tie from okay. a monetary and time value. So, okay. Those would be the rigged sign that I'm currently working on that has all the LED lighting. That's kind of what I figured because you have so much invested in other non-sign yes. materials. And if it was just a sign, you probably would have got it assembled and out. It would have been ago. like easily over a month and a half ago, it would have been done. And then the other one is the Little Miami, <laughs> Little Miami Handworks sign that was all acrylic. That one was mm-hmm. one of the most expensive signs I've ever made because it had just the orange acrylic was like a specialty one that I told you about that I had to order a yeah, minimum amount. It was like crazy, crazy exp- And just crazy that expensive. material yeah. was like $260 or something. And I still had to order mm-hmm. other material. So that those two kind of tie for the most expensive slash biggest ones and most time-sucking ones. What about you? What was your biggest one? All right. I'm trying to think. My biggest one, I don't know, for for time? Let's see. Probably my biggest one on time is actually probably my biggest one monetary as well were those charcuterie boards and serving platters because there were so many of them. And the serving platters were so big I couldn't run them to the planer so everything had to be done everything had to be hand cleaned so i mean it would probably take me a night or two nights per board to plane it down and scrape it and then i still had to sand it and do all the other stuff so i was losing a lot of time on that so i had a lot of time invested in those so that's why it i mean that's why it took so long there were six of those they were 30 uh, roughly 30 inches long. Some of them were slightly longer, some were slightly smaller because of the, the jig um, and what I had, you know, the tolerances I had to work with. Uh, by, I think they were like, shoot, they might have been like 20 inches wide. They were, they were big. They were beefy. And they were about an inch and a half uh, thick. So they were, they were some monsters for sure. So there was a lot of material involved with that along with a lot of time. The live edge stuff, the material, thankfully, I was able to track down material at a pretty good cost for live edge because it wasn't super wide boards, and I could work with boards that had some undulation in them, that had some kind of bad spots and things like that, something you wouldn't want in a table or something, you know, but I could make work for a, for a charcuterie board or a serving platter. So that was probably my biggest for time and money because of both material cost and, and just overall size. So what was your smallest one? My smallest one? Who? Trying to think. My smallest one. Probably my smallest one was that uh, little side table I restored. Because, it, I mean, it was tiny. Honestly, I had, a, I had a decent amount of time in it, but that's because it took a while to strip. And it took a while to fix all the pieces. Whenever it was, whenever thing was manufactured, it was just like slapped together. It was bad. So I, you know, if I'm gonna put my name on something and and you know restore something, I'm gonna spend the time doing that. So I didn't feel bad about losing some time on that one because I gave her a better piece than she had originally started yes. with. But that, I mean, it was a very small job. I think I, I think it was like 150 bucks. Nice. Yeah. So what is your smallest? Mine would probably from, I guess it's both size and time involvement, would probably be the Ox coffee one. Because it was only... Really? It was only four pieces plus the background. So Uh the biggest or the longest part of it was painting it, then maybe cutting it. Mm -hmm. But... Gotcha. For me, it, it didn't take long to glue together. 
just because it was only four pieces. Yeah, there were four. I mean, there wasn't a bunch of like crazy, crazy tiny detail in it either. And that's the other thing: the pieces were big, for you know the normal signs. So gluing down the pieces was pretty easy. Unlike some others where the piece was the size of an eraser on the back of a number two pencil. Yeah. So these yeah. were like, I think that the letters were two inches by two inches or three inches by three inches. So they were fairly beefy. So it was, that had to be the easiest one of the year. That's good. See, honestly, I would think like your magnets or something like that, because literally that's just, you stick them in the machine, cut, and they're basically done. Well, I was only thinking signs. And then they're, and they're tiny, too. Oh, okay. Magnets, magnets actually have, like, a residue that comes off the magnetic material that has to be cleaned off. So sometimes those are time-consuming. Yeah. So I didn't realize that. I thought it was... I thought it was basically once you cut them and, and kind of dust them off that they were well, done. Well, I usually have, if they're the metallic material that's really thin, I actually just run mm-hmm. them under the sink and then dry them off. Ah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so that that's honestly, that's what I was thinking for you. But I mean, I guess that sign would be pretty efficient. I just thought it was a slightly bigger sign. It was 11 but being... and a half inches tall by whatever the proportional width was, which was probably about 12 inches. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, what did I say? Biggest project, smallest project, biggest fail? Biggest maybe? fail. I'm going to go with the biggest fail that I couldn't fix without having to just start completely over. Does that sound fair? Yeah. So I did a sign for New Tide Contracting, which has, mm-hmm. which this is the the logo. So, sorry for the people listening that you can't see the picture, but it's got like a. Well, just check just check yeah. his Instagram page. It's, it's on, on Instagram. There. It would have been in the last couple it's of weeks. Got a lot of really really small pieces, and a lot of yeah super small details. Like, if you zoomed in on the pictures, you'll see that the middle of the A is green, but the A is black. All of those are separate pieces. And the issue that I had on the first one of these was I glued the template to the sign. Not intentionally. It happened on accident. And I tried to fix it and made it a hundred times worse. So I actually threw it out and started completely over. That was my biggest fail. Nice. What about you? Nice. All right. So my biggest fail was actually not even a big project, but it was just, it was, it was costly and just so freaking irritating. So, uh, every once in a while, I don't really post these on Instagram very much. I guess I should. Every once in a while, I'll find like a, small chunk of wood that has a bark inclusion or has like a big like rotted out spot and I will book match it myself and then glue it together so that way it has this kind of very unique look it's like you know when you cut a snowflake out of a folded up mm-hmm. piece of paper whatever you cut is gonna then make a you know really unique sort of shape when you when you put it back together um, so my idea was to was to you know, was to I I'd book matched, I'd glued it up, I'd got it all ready to go, had taped everything off. I was gonna fill the void with epoxy, and I thought that would look really good because it was a very bright white, like curly piece of maple with just a big bark inclusion in it. So I'd scraped out all the bark. I was gonna fill it with epoxy, and this is my this is this is where I hate eco epoxy. I will never use eco epoxy again. I had mixed it up according to the manufacturer's directions. Luckily, I didn't buy a lot, but it was still expensive. Um, mixed it up, started pouring it, and it just it went everywhere. I used you know I used um, packaging tape, which I've used plenty of times in the past to 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 hold everything down. It started going through the seams of the packaging tape. It started making the packaging tape come loose, and it just poured out oh, everywhere. Man. Yeah. So I got so frustrated with it, I just went out back and like drop kicked the sign and just let it sit in the backyard for like three days to harden up. So I have I had like little 
spots and globs of, of eco-poxy stuck to the floor for probably a couple weeks before I've eventually scraped them up. I hate eco-poxy. I'll never use it. It's awful. <laughs> I've never used it. It's an awful, I've never awful used product. Epoxy. Everyone, you know, there, I, I feel like there's two, there's two completely different teams when it comes to eco-poxy. There's the, that Canadian walnut table company that I don't even know that they make tables anymore yeah. so much as they make, they make wood casts and epoxy. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like them at all. I think their content's garbage. Um, but they use like, like six or seven gallons of it at a time. It was what it looks like. I don't think that you can actually use that much, but it looks like they're pouring out tons of it at a time. And, all their stuff comes out magically, perfectly clean and nice and neat. They have to do very little cleanup on it. And then there's the other camp, which I'm in, that you try to do a small repair, you try to do a small patch, either the epoxy gets too hot and burns off too quick, it's too thin and it goes everywhere, or it gels up and it never gets hard. Like you can push your finger into I it. I don't know. I haven't done anything so epoxy-wise. That, that, that's my personal disclaimer ecopoxy is hot garbage if if they want to take that up with me and say that i use their product wrong great you know it send me new product and see if i like it better but as of right now ecopoxy is hot garbage you can reach steven at 555 <laughs> yes you can you can reach me directly <laughs> through my instagram uh i i hate your product and it's it's hot garbage I have no opinion. <laughs> I have not used epoxy at all. Because so. you, you don't you don't do epoxy work, yeah. I try not to use epoxy if at all possible, but in a couple instances I have to use it. Like for, for charcuterie boards, it's a it's a, a good fix for voids and holes and things because it, it ends up being just a hard plastic mm-hmm. basically. Um and then things like this where I'm using it for artistic effects. I, I, I have a project so. planned out to use a very small amount of epoxy, but it won't happen until next year, probably. Gotcha. Are you doing like an epoxy, like a pour, or just like patches? It'll be more of like an artistic accent. So it's not a pour, because it's not like a table. It's more like yeah. tiny, multiple tiny patches that aren't patches. Like, I'm not patching wood. I'm specifically putting it there for an art, an artistic accent. Gotcha. I just, it's not on the priority list of side projects. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I recommend Total Boat. A lot of people have told me that. Yeah, Total Boat. Total Boat in uh, Transtent, even though it's like, I think it's like 19 bucks a bottle. Transcend's very expensive, but it, it I mean one drop will go very far. So Yeah. Alright. I guess smallest fail. Smallest fail? I mean we're gonna we gotta compare. So like something that you thought was like a major failure at the time, but then you look back on it, you're like, no, oh, this wasn't that bad. Anytime I've misplaced a letter. But I usually get it in the right spot afterwards. Ooh. It just is a struggle at the time. Gotcha. Okay, so to me, uh, this was just a personal failure. Uh, I was trying to pull the cap off of some, like the very, very thin CA glue that's like water. And when I did, it went all over and I glued uh, three of my fingers together. I glued my thumb, my pointer, and my middle finger together on my left hand, which makes it very difficult to get that apart because you need two hands to open uh, okay, acetone. I- I retract my previous statement because I knocked over three quarters of a bottle of acrylic glue while gluing oh, together a sign. Did it pour it, out onto the sign? It did not hit the sign. However, it hit my shirt. It covered my jeans. It hit. So the rolling cabinet I use for signs, yeah. I swear like a quarter of the bottle went straight into the drawer and just covered stuff in the drawer. But the one thing I have to say about the acrylic stuff is because it didn't hit acrylic itself, it kind of just soaked into everything else. So it's it's almost like it didn't happen. Like I washed my clothes right away, but like the drawer, it's kind of like the wood just soaked it up and it didn't care. But at the time, I was That's so good. upset about it. 
I'm wondering if the acrylic glue is like some of these uh, self-etching glues where it only will react with the products it's intended to use for. Like because acrylic is so smooth, you couldn't technically bond it with just normal glue. Yeah. So more than likely what happens is on a chemical level, it either etches the acrylic or breaks down the acrylic in a certain manner to where the two pieces of acrylic then bond with each other. It's like JB Weld. But I do have to say, so it was a complete accident. It, I had it open. It was on top of my workbench because I was assembling the sign. I turned my arm and knocked it off. And Balls. I will say this. The company that sent me that sample, which was Acrylite, uh, they sent me a mm -hmm. brand new bottle because really? I spilled the other one. That's good. So that was nice. But at the time, I was pretty upset. So what was your biggest do we say biggest success yet as far as biggest whether success. it be the thing that got you the most reach or the thing that had the most insights or roi ah uh, okay 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 um well uh you know what actually the the pecan charcuterie boards um so I, I was working on them. I, my full intention was to sell them in the store that I normally sell stuff at, you know, and just for good content to post about them. Um, the a company that I use their product all the time, Abapo Rust, they wanted one. The thing is, is once they wanted one, a guy that I used to work with, he wanted one. And then a girl down the street that's a neighbor of mine wanted one. And then my cousin wanted one. So basically, my 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 biggest success was something I never actually thought about selling to the broad public. I was just making product to put in the store, and it got sold before it ever even touched the store. That's good. Yeah. So that was I think that's probably my biggest success. And it, the other thing is, it just makes me very happy that a company that I follow and I. I really really love their product like i can't speak highly enough about it wanted to have one of mine like wanted to have something of mine when it's a company that has nothing to do with woodworking really other than everyone most of everyone uses their product to clean old woodworking tools like restore old woodworking that's tools. Awesome. so yeah so that i think that's my biggest success story is it just happened within the last week two weeks nice I never thought I was gonna, you know, sell these to the to the public, and then all of a sudden, boom! They're all they're all. Well, that's usually for. what ends up happening. Something you never thought would sell is yeah. what sells. Yeah. Nice. Congrats. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mean, I I have a feeling you've got several big successes. You've had some major wins this so year. So there are two that come to mind that stick out more than the others. The first one would have to be making that woodpecker square replica that I made. Mm hmm I still want one, by the way. Which was also, like, a huge time suck. Like, you can't actually use it as a square because it's made from MDF and it's not going to stay square. It's just pure wall decoration. They sent... I worked with woodpeckers to do the project, and then after I wrapped it up and sent it to them, they sent me... So they sent me a router table, they sent me the 1281 square, a Delve square, and a mini scraper. So that project was well worth the time I invested. It had over 50 hours in it, I'm sure. I mean, you had what? you Because the lettering was so finite and you had to get the color matching right, what? I mean, you probably made... A dozen of those squares before you actually made the final I made one, right? Or more? Three. I felt like you. I felt like you had a lot of like six, like many success yeah. and a lot of major failures. So I had fails. three failures. More for the painting process, I had three failures before I figured out how I needed to do it. And then the other one was I made a sign for Kyle at RR Buildings, and when he shared it. I ended up getting, I think it resulted in 10 actual sales of signs 
So that was Damn. by far the most influential one I did. Because that's the one that kind of... I think when he got it, I was still at 2,700 followers or something. And after he posted it, I got all the way to like 3,800 in the same week. And got a ton of requests Good for night. quotes. And that one was... That one made a that one made yes. a huge difference. Yes, it did. And I'm very happy about yeah. that one. I, I didn't. See, the thing is, I didn't even. I guess I didn't even realize that that one was as was as popular as it was because honestly, I was thinking in my head, your two greatest successes were, of course, mm-hmm. the Woodpeckers, but also the Wood Whisperer when you did the Wood Whisperer because I mean, he's got a major. His follow-up. was too. Like it was still good, and I still got a lot of response from it. But I. Th- I think what happened was the community or the tribe that follows Kyle is mm-hmm. a bunch of people that are not woodworkers. So they they would want to sign, but they don't necessarily have the means to do it themselves yes. or the want to do exactly. it themselves. I think that's the difference. Whereas most of the people that follow uh, Mark are woodworkers and can make their own if they really wanted to. That's true. I think that's the that's big true. difference. But yeah. Speaking of, I just now followed RR Buildings. I guess I should have followed him before, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's like, I did construction for a long time, so. Yeah. It's, I guess you don't, you know, following someone else that does construction unless it's like crazy, crazy cool. It's just not something I think of necessarily. I got it for you. I do like I do like watching uh, like the plumbers and the mechanical yeah. guys because that's always you so know, I got a new that's always pretty cool a new one for you. All right, what you what got? is what you one got, skill you learned this year that you did not have before? Ooh, ooh, or something you learned one this year that you know was new? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Did I finally stump you? Oh, I'm trying to think of like the things that I have used that have really like impacted my workflow and things like that. Um, here we go. I got one. I got one. Getting, getting a good card scraper and also learning how to use it efficiently. Because a lot of people get a card scraper, um, but don't they don't understand the nuances of a card scraper. And for a while, I didn't either, until I finally figured out exactly what I was looking for. There's a with with a lot of hand tool work, there is a feel to it. You can't you can watch all the videos in the world, but until you start doing it and you feel it in the way your hands move, on the way your upper body and lower body mm-hmm. moves, you just won't get it. Um, so that using the card scraper and also learning how to properly join a board with a jointing plane. Yeah. Nice. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of like body mechanics that go into it. A lot of people try to, I guess when they initially get a hand plane, they want to try to hold it tight. They want to use their upper body to do a lot of the work, which it does. But when you're doing a long board for something, you're not putting a lot of weight down on, you want to use your lower body because you want to push through the cut. You don't want to just bear down on it and just use your upper body and then scoot along it. You want to basically just take one big flowing movement as your body moves. Makes sense. So, to me, I guess I worked more on my hand my hand tool skills. Nice. Cool. So, what about you? What's your new your new skill? I imagine you already it's, know what it is. So, it's, it is. it's soldering. And yeah, yeah. It was one of those things that before this year I was really hesitant to get into and it wasn't because I didn't think I could do it it was more because AI wasn't set up to do it before and I I knew it was going to take time to learn so I wanted to try to make it one of those skills that I could learn while doing a project and have the person getting the project be okay with it, which worked out. So the person that ordered the sign, I worked with them to have it be a backlit sign. 
I gave a little bit of a discount to be able to try out adding LEDs and soldering. Mm-hmm. And now that I... So I have to admit, most people would probably do something small like, oh, learn how to solder one continuous strand of LEDs and you're good. And I decided that I was going to, for some reason, do this project, which had, you know, let's see, the letters of this sign. There are, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different pieces that have to have LED strips on them. Mm -hmm. Anywhere from one strip to four or five. And each of those strips, because they can't bend 90 degrees the way I was doing them. So mm-hmm. I had to solder probably like 20 different strips of LEDs. And this was my first time soldering. And the thing is, it wasn't just a simple one-to-one. It wasn't like patching a, a, a one-wire. No. They have, what, four different yeah, color codes? Yeah, there's four different wires. There's four different wires because you have four different color codes. If it was just straight up like bright white, yep, you know, you know, bright white LEDs, you would have yep. two connections. That's it. But Boom, I'm happy I done. did it because now I know what I did wrong. I learned a lot from it, and it definitely put my troubleshooting skills to the test. But it worked out. Well, I mean, I think that's a major thing for you because. To me, I don't know that I could incorporate that into my workflow, to be yeah. honest with you, because I don't know that I would necessarily need to incorporate it. But for you, you just added a ton of value to your sign And business. I've come up with a couple ways to improve and it. That, so. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like now, if you do have something that needs a little troubleshooting, a little bit of electrical work, you have a little bit better understanding of what the heck's Correct. going on. Can you read an electrical diagram? Probably not. But could you patch something that needs a patch? Probably. So you've you've added not just to your repertoire of making skills, you've added to your repertoire of just like general life skills. So I'm pretty happy about that one. Yeah. And then is there one, like the biggest thing that happened for you this year that we haven't talked about yet? Probably the biggest thing that happened this year that has dramatically changed making for me is this, this podcast. I never thought I would really be a podcast guy. One, because I haven't had a computer, I hadn't had a computer in, you know, half a decade. But two, I just didn't think that anyone would want to hear me talk about anything. My wife all the time complains about, you know, me just running my mouth off talking about woodworking all the time just just because it's to her she she doesn't she doesn't really care about it it's not anything she has any enjoyment about and most of the people that we hang out with don't really have any enjoyment in it either so you know most of the time i'm just ending up talking to myself about this sort of stuff yeah i have to admit that so this this was this podcast is probably the the most major thing that has happened this year as far as making goes because i've also got to add to my list of friends add to my list of makers if i wouldn't if the podcast didn't exist i wouldn't know anything about martina uh at, at naughty and now she and i generally have a couple conversations a week about different things she's very good about posting stories and i'm very good about uh either picking at her about different little things um or asking her questions about stuff or her and her and i just going back and forth in general so i've made new maker friends um i've i've expanded my making um and and i've also got to keep in contact with you someone that lives on basically the other side of the country that i thought when you moved to vegas i'm like well there goes like my only friend my only making well it's a good thing we started the podcast it was it was however the podcast has been on your mind for quite a while you just didn't think that the podcast would have me as the co-host yeah because the the idea for the podcast was around between christmas and new year's of last year 
I thought we talked about it even earlier than that, but I think it may have just been like a, hey, you know what would be kind of cool? Well, yeah, that. Sort of thing, like in October, in October last but year, I think. The, the holiday season is where it was really like, I should really do that because I knew I was moving and I knew that I wouldn't have my shop. Yeah. So you needed to you needed to keep making fresh in your mind and what better way to do it than to just and, talk about it, to yeah. share ideas and share goals and failures. And now and we've done over like 20 episodes, which is crazy. That is crazy. That is crazy. And we're not technically to the end of the Correct. year yet. I think we're doing pretty good. So I can't remember what I can't remember whenever our very first official episode dropped. Cuz initially we had recorded 3 before we dropped them, but I don't it's even been know. It's been a while. When the very first episode Well, think about happened. it. It's one it's a week and we only skipped one week. That's that's true. That is true. Uh, so it had to be here. like June or July. All right, launch this one's okay. So on July 23rd, we posted about episode one dropping. So, so we've been doing this since basically late July. We've had some crazy guests on. We've had some amazing guests. We need to, to do some more guest episodes. Um, but as as things got closer to the end of the year, a lot of people have picked mm-hmm. up. So picked up their business and picked up a lot of making and just holiday stuff yep. going on. So that's why we haven't involved really too many co-hosts. It's or, mainly or, just or, scheduling. Uh, I guess I should say. It's also scheduling. It's very much scheduling. But we are actively uh, seeking out a CNC person to to definitely have that episode. That's been on the books for a while. Um, we also want to talk about content creation. Yes. And we need to get up with one very specific person about that. Well, there's... There's a couple that come to mind for the content creation. Well, I thought there was one person that said he would definitely there do is. it. There is. And there's another one that, if that person can't do it, I have an idea of somebody else. All right, cool. I have some good news, which you All already right, know. What's up? What's, what you got? It's unfair because you oh, know okay. it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Well, it's, I'm also, I'm I am finally ready to I'm share it, which is different. So... I am upgrading to a larger laser machine. So I'm not going to give away the brand or what exact machine it is because I plan to make a video about it and release that next week, hopefully. So the machine, I got a call yesterday that the machine will be delivered on Monday. So this podcast will come out Ooh. Wednesday. So by this, by the time this comes out, I'll already have it. And the plan is to drop the video, hopefully on the same day as the podcast. That's the hope. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And for those that are wondering, no, he is. He did not get a free laser. No, it was not. He didn't free. get some ma- some major major free laser. This man went out of his own pocket and is paying for it out of and his it, own funds. It's gonna hurt, so, but it is very much going to hurt because I know yes. what the price tag is. It's going it. to hurt, but uh, so for those that for those that that see, you know, a big piece of equipment and say, "I'll never have that. I can never have that." Who see like see the Powermatic like twenty five inch, um, twenty five inch uh, planer or like a twelve inch helical head joiner. You can have those things. You just have to work towards them. Trevor is a perfect example. A year ago, you would not have even thought about doing no, this, right? Not at all. And there's a lot of reasons why this is happening. And the biggest one is just sourcing my cutting that was bigger and what I was going through to deal with that. I'll talk about that either in that video or a side video. But the the biggest thing for me was it's it is a risk, like a financial risk, obviously. But I'm making the decision to try to go at this harder. So I'm not quitting my job, obviously. But I want to make this Still gotta have as, that insurance. as let me think of the word. Really feasible? That as well as be as um 
I wouldn't say profitable as possible, but more like I want my hobby to be as successful as I can. And for that to happen, I need to have more control. You need you need over, to expand. Yeah. You need to expand. So my issue was I was not I didn't have full control over the cutting process for larger stuff. And there's still stuff that's really, really big that I won't be able to do. You know, that's like eight feet long because I'm not going to have an eight foot long laser. But at least not in my garage. I don't think you could get that. But those are the kind of things that played into it. So not only does it have a bigger size, but I also broke down and got the rotary attachment so that I can start doing tumblers and things to add value to like company customers that order signs and it's going to be one of those things it i'm i'm doing the thing i said never to do which is leasing to own or taking a loan <laughs> to get it and the reason was i couldn't find a used machine that was in good condition that was near me that was at a price point that made it worth it and I still didn't buy this one new. It's still pre-owned. It's just through a company instead of through somebody on Craigslist. Because people on Craigslist were wanting as much for this machine as the company wanted for the pre-owned machine. So it's one of those things. You're you're, bu you're buying a used machine, but it's used with yes. a warranty. It's it's it's, it's got brand new parts. Basically, basically, it's like you're buying a 2017 car in 2018. Kind of, and it's a. I think yeah. it's a 2016, so it's only two years old. And That's these good. machines, so hopefully, it doesn't have that many. Hours I mean, these on machines it. will last ten plus years. So to me, it's not a, it's not a short term thing. It's one of those long term. It'll pay off. Short term, it's gonna hurt. So it's one of those things where you have to be willing to make that decision. Because a lot of people I know don't want to think long-term. They have a very short-term mindset where they're like, oh, it's going to cost me $400 today, so I can't do it. But if they continue to do something the way they're doing it, it's going to cost $4,000 over time instead of the 400 at the front. Yep. Granted, there are a multitude of reasons why you make decisions, but... This one was one where I was getting fed up with trying to outsource locally and then outsourcing to Bill, who I was outsourcing stuff to. It just had a long lead time, and I can't keep doing that to customers. So hopefully, well, not hopefully, I'm going to make it happen where I put out a video by next Wednesday. And... It's not right. going to be, you know, one of those super awesome fully edited things because I'm not good at video editing. So video editing is something that I plan to work on in 2019. 2019 goal. That's one Which, of them. We need to do that episode, 2019 goals, before the end of the year. Well, why don't, we do, that? Why don't we do that like like at the, like in 2019? Because, the, because New Year's is going to hit in such a oh, weird fucking yeah. time. So, I don't know what I'm gonna. I, don't, I have no idea what I'm gonna do with like Christmas week and New Year's week because they're just hitting at such a rando time. Very true. But I will be Who sharing knows? all of that on my Instagram. So, yes. So check the check Trevor's Instagram page. Check podcast page. Check the podcast website um, because there's gonna be a lot of stuff happening. Yes. Mostly on Trevor's end, but I still got some stuff too. So check out my page. I think the biggest thing it makes is... me feel good. It's it's one of those things that I never thought would happen, and thankfully my wife is okay with it. So, yes, 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 yes. That's yes, the yes. biggest thing is, she, she doesn't care about what I make, but she is supportive of it in her way. So she's like, yeah, you can do it, but she has no interest in it. She she. <laughs> You you can do what you want, just don't kill yourself and don't burn down the yeah. place 
and don't cause us to go bankrupt. Three very simple, normal requests. Exactly. So now you yeah. do you. That's she's basically just like you do you. Leave me out of it. Just don't it, screw up. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, but it's that's a good thing to be. That's good. That's good. It's good way to have things. So, all right. Well, we have hit a lot of 2018. Uh, there's still a little bit of 2018 mm-hmm. left for the year, so we've still got some more more podcasts to go. So everybody, hang hang tight with us. Uh, enjoy uh, the holidays as they approach. I know. I would hope most of you are cranking out them, cranking out them holiday, you know, orders and getting everything ready to go. I know I am. I know. Mm-hmm. I know Trevor is. So everybody, be safe out there. Yep. So yep. I will talk to you next time. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to our show. Be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com. We'll post valuable resources, tips, and info about anything we've talked into, talked about in today's shows or past shows. And all these things are to help your Maker Vision become a Maker Reality. If you have any questions or suggestions or any comments about what you heard today or, once again, in previous episodes, feel free to... Drop us a line at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at makervisionpodcast, or through mine and Trevor's personal Instagram accounts, and that is Old South Woodcraft or Maker Experiment. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review and, a, and just some really nice words to, to let us know how good we're doing. Or if you didn't like it, let us know what you didn't like about it. Either way, we're happy to hear from you. And you can go and do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast, and we really look forward to hearing, hearing from you next week. 